The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at WrestlingWithJonas.com. Hello again, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of This Week in History. It is Thursday night. It is March 31st. We are on the eve of WrestleMania weekend. It's been WrestleMania week, uh, starting uh, the other day with WrestleMania Raw. So you seem to be branding everything WrestleMania because we're going to even have WrestleMania backlash again. But uh, it is that week. It's busy. We're going to uh, give you some entertainment of the history of everything leading up. And we got some... uh, WrestleManias uh, along the way, some title changes that happened during WrestleManias. Next week is loaded with a lot more WrestleManias. But as I said, we are here for history. I want to thank you for joining us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcast from, watching us on Rumble, Facebook, or YouTube. We appreciate wherever you are being a part of this and enjoying our shows. Give us some feedback. We always are looking forward to uh, that and hearing what your memories are of history. Uh, What is your greatest uh, WrestleMania, the best WrestleMania moment, match, whatever? Send us those uh, messages. We'll share them on our show. And uh, before we do get uh, to Jonesy, I want to thank you for being a part of the Ontario Indie March Madness Tournament on our Facebook page. It is culminating tomorrow. Uh, with our winner, we are down to the final four right now with Warhead, Wade Allen, Brian White, and Jesse Mack. So get to our website, our Facebook page, and vote and see which of those four are going, or two of those four are making it to our finals. Um, it's been fun, great to be able to promote the Ontario scene and uh, just have some fun that way. We have Ontario shows coming up. You'll love that. Predictions League. Tons of uh, stuff coming up later on tomorrow with uh, NXT Stand and Deliver and WrestleMania Night 1 and 2 for WrestleMania 38. So tons of stuff going on with us this weekend, and you won't want to miss that. But let's bring in Jonesy from Niagara Falls. Last time I saw him a couple seconds ago on the bottom of my screen, he was already reading the script, and I just abandoned him. But how are you, Jonesy? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I was going to say something, now I totally forgot, but oh well. That's all good. It may come to you later on, but uh, are you looking forward to uh, WrestleMania weekend? Uh, I'd say yes. Um, more because WrestleMania has gone on for so long, and yeah, they're they're not all great, but in a way they are, especially nowadays with the sets and how much effort they put into it. Uh, like, I haven't seen the set reveal yet. I don't know if they've done that yet. No, I don't think so either. And then you got this. Because uh, it week. is today, uh, Thursday, that they're doing it. But Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. Tomorrow is going to be SmackDown uh, or WrestleMania SmackDown, uh, where they got the Battle Royal and the Intercontinental title on the line. We're going to see the uh, Hall of Fame happen right after that, so Undertaker and others taking the rightful spot in history. And then the next day, NXT TakeOver, or no longer TakeOver, Stand and Deliver at noon, and WrestleMania Night 1, also on Saturday and wrapping up on Sunday. Plus, you have things like Ring of Honor, 
uh, doing their show. You have Impact doing a uh, show with other promotions. If you are not able to find wrestling and are bored, there's tons to find. Like, it's going to be more finding time to see everything if you want to. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a crazy weekend. Hopefully, and, everybody and gets, I'm thinking uh, that I would imagine it would be night one that they'll announce where WrestleMania 40 is going to be, which I'm sure is going to be New York. But as far as the official announcement, or it could be in more than one city. Yeah, yeah, anything's possible because we know number 39 is going to be in uh, Los Angeles, and it's expected as long as uh, things work out that The Rock could be uh, there to go against Roman. But you never know. It's The Rock having issues with his schedule and the whole insurance issues that go along with being a uh, actor and that. So... We'll see what happens this weekend. Nick Man needs to do then is book Rock for a special movie taping or something during WrestleMania time. So they're filming a movie and he gets to be in WrestleMania. That would be convenient if they can uh, pull something like that off. Uh, Young Rock is back uh, as well. So he's been doing that and whatever other movies. Busy guy. And who knows, maybe a future president if Young Rock is uh, anything foreshadowing uh, what we can see in the future. But uh, anyways, we've rambled on for about seven That's okay. Minutes. I want to ramble just a little more. Uh, okay. I, I do know that he, he said he wouldn't run against Trump, but he might do the 2008 one. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so anything's possible. I think... Uh, the Young Rock episodes are uh, for the 2032 election. So it would be a little bit ahead of uh, schedule in that uh, compared to what they're prognosticating on that show. But anything's possible. We had Schwarzenegger, Ventura, Eastwood, Sonny Bono. Who knows? But, uh, well, even Trump and Reagan. Yep. The U.S. can have anything. The land of opportunity. That's right. And of course, we're, doing... we're somewhat talking about history, but True. not that type of history. Well, we can dive into it now that we're about eight minutes in and Excellent. do wrestling history, starting with our headlines. 43 years ago, March 25th, 1979, in Toronto, Ontario, WWF champion Bob Backlund and AEW a world heavyweight champion, Nick Bockwinkle, fought to a double countout. This was the first ever singles meeting between the AWA and WWWF world champions. And shocking, the champion versus champion, nobody comes out a winner or a loser. I think that happened throughout the NWA whenever they went against New Japan or WWF went against NWA. You got to keep everybody strong. That's right. 20 years ago, March 25th, 2002, the WWF held its first ever draft. This was a brand extension draft. It was essentially a roster split, dividing the WWF supersized roster to separate shows being Raw and, of course, SmackDown. Mr. McMahon and Ric Flair would make their draft picks throughout the show. Uh, the roster split would become effective on March, uh, sorry, on the April 1st episode of Raw. 
Yeah, it's interesting they made a big deal out of that whole thing because really, if you're watching the uh, house show circuits and that, you had uh, train A and train B going yeah. wherever and then meet up in time for TV. They just basically made it official that you guys are working the, this group, you guys are working that group, and instead you work your TV starting your uh, week off and you guys uh, end your week doing TV. And people, I don't think, realized that was basically what was going on. Mm -hmm. Except for now they didn't have to do two times the TV and their storylines could stretch out further. Uh, on that show, Taz defeated Mr. Perfect. Booker T and Christian defeated Diamond Dallas Page and Edge. NWO, Nash Hall, and X-Pac defeated Hulk Hogan and The Rock by DQ in a three-on-two handicap match. Trouble H defeated Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon Helmsley in a triple threat match to retain the undisputed WWF championship belt. With the loss, Stephanie was banished from the WWF, banished for four months as she became the GM of SmackDown. Eleven years ago, March 25th, 2011, Kurt Angle was arrested in Grand Forks, North Dakota, after failing a field sobriety test and allegedly driving while intoxicated. Nine years ago, March 25th, 2013, Matt Hardy and Rebecca Reyes, who wrestled as Rebby Sky, announced they're getting married. The couple would get married in October and now have four sons with the first names Maxwell, Wolfgang, Bartholomew, and Evermore. I think uh, definitely Maxwell has appeared on uh, uh, various uh, episodes of Impact when they were doing the whole Hardy family deletion hmm. characters. Uh, 15 years ago, March 26, 2007, WWE releases Adam Birch, a.k.a. Joey Mercury. Birch would become addicted to painkillers shortly after his four-team ladder match at the Armageddon after mangling his face. Birch would credit the intervention by Vince McMahon for setting him straight. Birch was an addict of various drugs since he was 15. He would uh, return as part of the Straight Edge Society and later part of J&J Security. As well, he would later be a trainer for Florida Championship Wrestling. And I actually got to see him wrestle at a Smash event. Nice. 14 years ago, March 27th, 2008, TNA presented their first ever live episode of Impact. On this show, WWE's Robbie McAllister, Derek Graham, uh, coach or couch? Coach. Coach, there we go, was shown on camera in the audience. Apparently, he was called by the WWE in order to leave the arena. Uh, he was released four months later. Yeah, I don't think he was even used uh, during that time. And unfortunately, uh, Impact never gave him a job, even though they basically cost him his job by showing him on screen. Oh, bastard. 12 years ago, March 27, 2010, WWE held their 2010 Hall of Fame ceremony from the Dodge Theater in Phoenix, Arizona. The 2010 class, Ted DiBiase, inducted by his sons, Ted Jr. and Brett. Kind of funny that uh, one of his sons is Brett. I wonder if that's named after Brad Hart. Anything's possible. They did have respect for each other. Yes, yes. Uh, Antonio Noki, uh, inducted by Stan Hansen. Wendy Richter, inducted by Rowdy Piper. Maurice Mad Dog Vachon was inducted by Pat Patterson. 
Gorgeous George was inducted by his ex-wife, Betty Wagner, who was uh, also, I believe, um, I think she wrestled and she was a valet as well. Yeah, I think so. And Stu Hart inducted by the Hart family and Bob Euchre was inducted by NBC's Dick Ebersol. That's an interesting year there. Character. Yeah, and then, well, this year they're a little bit lighter. They're only doing the uh, Warrior Award, Charmel. Uh, their tag team is going to be the Steiner Brothers, which is uh, appropriate since Braun Breaker is going for the title uh, the next day. And uh, Vader and Taker. There was rumors of Sid, but that didn't come up. So so uh, Big Papa Pump is going to be there? Yeah, with a potential live mic. Awesome. Considering every time he does open his mouth, he's usually saying bad things about WWE. And yeah. it's probably one of the reasons why uh, Braun Breaker had to go by that name instead of uh, Bronson Steiner. Yeah. Well, maybe down the road he'll be able to change, uh, uh, use his real name. Uh, where were we now? The Road Warriors. There we go. 11 years ago. March 28, 2011, WWE announced that the Road Warriors and their longtime manager, Paul Erling, would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And of course, a lot of fans don't know that there was a stipulation to all of this, is that no way were they able to bring Rocco. Yeah, Lord knows that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Uh, 43... Uh, <laughs> Oh, man, Rocco. Uh, 43 years ago, March 29th, uh, 1979, the World Wide Wrestling Federation dropped some weight as the wide part is dropped and officially becomes the World Wrestling Federation. You know, they could turn that Rocco puppet into like a cheap horror slasher. Comes, for the, comes for the Steiners or something. I don't know. Uh, 20... <laughs> 24 years ago, March 30th, 1998, on Raw is War. Sean Waltman returns to the WWF and helps reform a DX led by Triple H. Hey, Bischoff, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, over on Nitro, after quickly beating Marty Jannetty, Chris Jericho reads his list of 1,004 holds. He knows. Armbar. Thank you. Uh, seven years ago, March 30th, 2015, on Raw, AJ Lee wrestles her final match, teaming with Paige and Naomi, defeating the Bella Twins. And, and Natalio is with them. Uh, AJ would announce her retirement days later. 19 years ago, March 31st, 2003, on Raw, GM of Raw, Eric Bischoff, started the show off by firing Stone Cold Steve Austin. This would mark the end of his in-ring wrestling career. However, this was not the end of Austin, as he would stay with the company in non-wrestling roles, handing out stunners and number one salutes. Austin would officially retire from the ring the next day. The show ended with the WWE debut of Bill Goldberg, who took a buyout for the last five months of his WCW contract, which was $2.5 million a year, uh, to sign with the WWE. He would declare The Rock was next. Yeah, that segment had Rock uh, basically saying there was nobody else left for him, and he was doing the whole arrogant uh, Hollywood Rock thing, and that's when... Goldberg came and said, you're next. Yeah. I didn't really like him. I wasn't a fan of Hollywood rock. 
14 years ago, March 31st, 2008, Ric Flair unites with the Four Horsemen, members Tony Blanchard, J.J. Dillon, Arn Anderson, and Barry Windham in his farewell address on Raw. And 13 years ago, on that same day, 2009, but a year later, uh, Peter Serenricha, God, that's a hard one for me, best known to wrestling fans as Taz, leaves WWE after his contract expired. Taz had a lackluster wrestling presence in the WWE, but he transitioned to be a successful commentator. Uh, commentator. Taz was a big part of the wrestling history as he was loaned to ECW to reclaim the ECW title from a newly WW, uh, WCW con contracted Mike Awesome. Taz would hold the title for a week, dropping it to Tommy Dreamer. Taz would do commentary in TNA for years and now is seen on AEW TV. Yeah, his son is there now, Hook, and mm. he has the FTW title out there and managing uh, Hobbs and uh, Ricky Starks, and yeah, it's working for him. Yeah, I I, I do enjoy him on commentary. Oh, moving on to some birthdays. March 27th, we got Charlie Haas, who turns 50. Um, also on that same day, SoCal Val turns 36. March 28th is Kurt Henning, who would have turned 64. Warlord uh, shares a uh, um, birthday with uh, Mr. Perfect. He's 60. And Mustafa Ali as well. He is 36. March 28th would have been the 49th birthday of Edward Smith Fatu Jr., best known to wrestling fans as Umanga. Um, born in San Francisco, Edward was a member of the famous Anoi uh, wrestling family. Uh, he trained in the Wild Samoan Pro Wrestling Training Center under, under his uncles Appa and Sika. He made his debut for World Extreme Wrestling in 1995. After he had a brief stint in the WWF, he returned with his cousin, Matt, in 2002 as Rosie, Matt, and Jamel, was Edward, and they were known as Three Minute Warning. Uh, Edward would be suspended a year later after a bar fight and would spend time in All Japan Pro Wrestling as Jamal um, resigned with the WWE in 2005, returning as Umanga a day after WrestleMania 22. Umanga's uh, highlight would be at WrestleMania 23 as the IC champion versus ECW champion Bobby Lashley in the Battle of the Billionaires match. He would be released by the WWE for a second violation of the wellness policy and refusing to enter rehab. Edward would suffer, of course, two heart attacks due to acute toxicity. Yeah, Another one that um, went way too early. Yeah, a great talent, uh, but definitely did not get... Uh, tapped to its fullest potential. Uh, he also worked as uh, Armageddon number one. Uh, he was Eddie Fatu, uh, yeah. Ekmo Fatu, and of course you mentioned Jamal. Uh, he worked for WWE, TNA, uh, All Japan, and uh, down in uh, WWC, which I believe is uh, the Cologne era uh, down in Puerto Rico, I think it is. I uh, debuted in '95. Re died, unfortunately, as said, uh, December uh, 2009. So his family members, as part of that tree, go that his uncles are Afa and Sika. His brother is Tonga Kid, 
which I think was uh, one of the Islanders as well. Uh, his other brother is Rikishi, or Junior Fatu. He's the uncle to Jimmy and Jay Uso and uh, Solo Sokoa, who's in NXT. And his cousins consist of uh, Rosie, Yokozuna, The Rock, and Roman Reigns. So, what a Survivor Series team. Quite the uh, lineage going on there in that family. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on from Umanga. Uh, some title changes. 28 years ago, March 26, 1994, in Pennsylvania, Shane Douglas, Mr. Hughes, and the Public Enemy uh, defeated Terry Funk, Road Warrior Hawk, Kevin Sullivan, and Tasmaniac in an Ultimate Jeopardy War Games rules match. Uh, Douglas got the fall in the match, so he won the ECW championship. This would mark uh, when ECW ends its relationship with the NWA. Yeah, it's that famous night that Douglas threw down the table. Yep. Good speech. Uh, 27 years ago, March 26, 1995, in Yokohama, Japan, Manami Toyota defeated AJ Kong to win the WWWA World Singles Championship. 20 years ago, on March 26, 2002, at a SmackDown taping in Philly, Pennsylvania, Raven defeated Maven to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. On March 27, uh, 1988, Randy Savage won the WWF Championship, defeating Ted DiBiase in the finals of the 14-man tournament. And also on that show, which of course was WrestleMania 4. Uh, Demolition beat Strike Force for the WWF Tag Team Championship. And yeah, um, I was so torn on that one because yeah. I love Strike Force so much. Yeah, I was one of the first tag teams I gravitated to when I started watching because of that whole Tom Zink is gone and Martel needed somebody to save him, and they teamed up together, got the titles from the Hart Foundation. But then there was it, Demolition, and even though they were bad guys and had Mr. Fuji in the corner, I liked them. And they both had great entrance the songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Demolition by, uh, uh, what was it, Rick Derringer. Yeah. And, of course, Girls in Cars by Robbie Dupree, which you can find both songs on the Pile Driver album. Nice. Would you have now? Somewhere, right? No, that's the original album I have. Oh, the oh, oh right. Uh, March 27th, uh, yeah, 1988. Barry Windham and Lex Luger defeated Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Because at one time uh, at WrestleMania, uh, NWA would hold events on the same day. Uh, that was when uh, there was truly the sort of war going yeah. on between uh, Jim Crockett promotions and WWF. Uh, that happened at that time, and I believe Clash of the Champions was free because it was on TBS, mm-hmm. and they that stems back from the uh, Survivor Series when it went head-to-head with, a, uh, I believe, a Starcade or something like that, and there was a lot of trouble going on, and this was one of the things that if, I think it was uh, WrestleMania 4, that if uh, they wanted... Uh, to have that, they had to have uh, Survivor Series, and that's where the conflict happened, and a lot of places didn't uh, show the uh, NWA show, so this was their retaliation time 
to combat the pay-per-view. And they didn't win. Um, March 28th, 1999, Hardcore Holly uh, won the Hardcore title at WrestleMania 15 in a triple threat match. Yeah, I put that that was a wonky finish uh, on the uh, slide that's up on the screen. That's because there was a 15-minute time limit and it was supposed to end with Hardcore Holly going for the pin on Crash, but time running out and the Houdini of Hardcore retaining the title. But the timer and the referee and everybody didn't coincide, and he had to count the three count. Then the timer went off, and it was just like, oh, okay, here you go. We'll make it up. And they, I think the next night changed it back to uh, Crash getting the title, but they had a whoopsie doodle during that battle royal. Well, at least it was only that belt, you know, gives you shit. Yeah. Though that hardcore belt had a little more, I think, respect than the one they have now. True. Uh, do, 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 do. Ah, there we go. And of course, on that same WrestleMania card, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, won the WWF Championship from The Rock in the main event of WrestleMania 15. Moving on to another WrestleMania on that same day, but different year. Uh, John Zena beat Batista by submission at WrestleMania 26, and that was March 28, 2010, for the WWE Championship. March 29, 1987, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat beat Rock... Uh, Rotten, jeez, my brain today. Uh, beat Randy Macho Man Savage for the WWF Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 3 in what is still considered one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. March 29, 1998, Stone Cold Steve Austin won his first of many WWF championships at WrestleMania 14 from Shawn Michaels, thanks to Mike Tyson making the count. And that should that should read many of his first WWF. Um, oh man, the main belt. Vince's first of many WWF uh, championships. But he was he already won a championship. I thought before that wasn't he the no, IC? That champ? was his first WWF uh, world title. Oh, world title. That's what it should say. World title. That's what I'm yeah. trying to get at. <sighs> Hard day at the office. March 29, 2015, Daniel Bryan won the IC title in a ladder match at WrestleMania 31. The match also had current champ Bad News Brown. Uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Bad News Barrett, Dean Ambrose, Adolph Ziggler, R-Truth, and the late Luke Harper and Stardust. March 29, 2015, Seth Rollins became the first man to ever cash the Money in the Bank contract in the middle of the main event of WrestleMania 31. Uh, Seth became the third man in the match originally scheduled to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And so we're going to get it again this Sunday, except for without a Money in the Bank briefcase. Blech. 22 years ago, March 29th, 2000, at a SmackDown taping, Stephanie McMahon defeated Jacqueline to win the WWF Women's Championship. 28 years ago, March 29th, 1994, in London, England, Men on a Mission defeated the Quebecers to win their one and only WWF Tag Team Championship. 
Men on a mission were not scripted to win the belts that night. However, after Mabel fell on Pierre, Pierre was too stunned to kick out. Thus, two days later, the Quebecers would reclaim the tag titles. And I think that's how long it took for Pierre to uh, regain consciousness. And that's why they say PCO is not human. Uh, 23 years ago, March 29th, 1999, on Nitro from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Billy Kidman and Ray Mysterio Jr. defeated Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Also on March 29, 1999, on Raw's War, Goldust defeated Rod, uh, Road Dog Jesse James to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. My brain is anticipating the wrong thing when I'm reading ahead. It's okay. Ugh. Monday Night Wars, here we go. March 26, 2001. If you don't mind, if you do WCW, and I will do the WWF. Sure. WCW held uh, Nitro Night of Champions uh, from the Club La Vida in Panama City, uh, Florida. The opening of the show had WWF owner Vince McMahon announcing that he had bought his competition and he would deliver the fate of WCW in a simulcast on TNN and TNT later on in the night. Uh, we had different appearances by Vince on both shows uh, saying he, what he was going to do and that he crushed his competition. What do you do when you crush your competition? Uh, so that was the uh, going theme throughout the night and what was going to happen. Uh, we even heard stuff about what was going to happen to Jeff Jarrett being just fired because, well, there was still some heat there and so on. Um, as I said, it was the night of champions. They were in Panama City, and that was one of the cool parts was spring break. They had the ring on top of, like, a pool, and the college atmosphere was awesome uh, during that uh, era. Those were the shows that set WCW apart from Raw all the time. But the writing was not the, on the wall too good. Uh, Booker T defeated Scott Steiner to unify the WCW World Heavyweight title and the United States Championship. I don't think it was necessarily unified. He just held both of them. Eventually, when he was in WWE, I think he gave the U.S. title to Canyon or something like that. Ray Mysterio uh, Jr. and Billy Kidman defeated Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo to be the final WCW Cruiserweight Heavyweight Champions or Tag Team Champions. And uh, Sting defeated... Ric Flair, by submission in the final main event. Um, they started off for Nitro's uh, first ever main event. <coughs> Excuse me. And so they get to finish it. Uh, that was a period of time that Ric Flair was not in good shape. You could tell because he was wearing a t-shirt that night. And it just, yeah, wasn't the same Ric Flair uh, to end things. Uh, earlier in the day, people like Jimmy Hart... Well, no, Jimmy Hart was still working for uh, WCW, but Shane McMahon and Bruce Pritchard and a few others went down to Panama City to do the running of the show, meet with uh, some of the talents that were actually going to be signed and stay, uh, working, uh, just switching brands, and then it led into the main event, which was the simulcast. But before all that, what happened on Raw? Uh, over on Raw, this would, of course, be the last week of the 
115 consecutive ratings win for Raw against Nitro. Chris Benoit, the Hardy Boys, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, defeated Christian, Edge, and Kurt Angle. The Big Show defeated Chris Jericho, and Steve Austin and The Rock defeated the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker, and Kane. Yeah, so as you see, not much on that show, but the simulcast happened, and Vince was boasting about uh, crushing his competition and what was he going to do? He pulled the audience of who he should bring into uh, WWE, who should uh, get fired forever, and you know, just toyed with the uh, audience. And then came Shane McMahon, and he announced that the contract has been signed, and Mc, the name McMahon is on the contract, but that name is Shane McMahon, and he owns WCW. And Vince just was like stunned. This was the Monday before WrestleMania 17. So it stood really good to timing with the fact that Shane and Vince were going to go against each other in the ring later on that week in a no holds barred match. And it's just unfortunate that things didn't work out better with the blending of the two organizations or allowing WCW to still be a separate entity and it crashed and burned really quickly, but it didn't help that all the top, top stars of WCW still had Turner money coming in just to sit at home and do nothing. If they were able to just straight out work for Vince the next day, things probably would have been a lot better, even if the money was coming from Turner, but that didn't happen. I think it would have been a much wackier WrestleMania if that was the case, that they could just all of a sudden start working for the other guy. Oh, yeah, because that night at WrestleMania, there was a skybox with the WCW guys in it, but it was like Booker, Sean Stasiak, and Palumbo, and Stacey Keebler, and lower mid-carters with Booker being the only high-profile name, really. Um yeah, it's just kind of unfortunate that it worked out that way. Of course, we know months later, even after the invasion happened and that got shut down, that's when we started seeing guys like DDP show up and got misused. Uh, the NWO came. We just talked about uh, Goldberg showing up. So if they maybe have held off a slight bit and just let Shane kind of be in the weeds planning or his relaunch and all this other stuff, they might have been able to hold out for some of the bigger talent to come in. Hindsight, uh, 50-50, Monday night quarterbacking from armchair quarterbacking, what else? But it didn't work out that way. Uh, they would have made millions. Yep. Wait a minute, they didn't make millions. Uh, yeah, they got it for a lot less than what Tony Khan is buying uh, ROH for, which Tony actually did reference this whole thing when he announced that he uh, bought Ring of Honor uh, wrestling. And he's like, nope, don't worry, Shane's not coming or something. Referred to uh, that in passing. Of course, they have to name drop WD just to get attention, but they, he knew what he was referencing uh, for that, which is kind of tongue-in-cheek funny at the same time. But he paid uh, millions, tens of millions more than what WD got WCW for. 
Wow. 34 years ago, March 27th, 1988, WWF presented WrestleMania 4. It was hosted by the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. The event itself was held across the street at the Atlantic City Convention Hall, today known as Boardwalk Hall. Uh, the fourth WrestleMania featured a one-night 14-man tournament to crown an undisputed champion, all stemming from the two Hebners and Andre winning the belt on the main event and selling it to DiBiase. Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, the two most recent champions at the time, received first-round buys. They also received each other as second-round opponents. Rematch from WrestleMania 3. Yep. And not as good. Uh, 34 years ago, March 27th, 1988, NWA presented Clash of the Champions from Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, the same day as WrestleMania 4. Uh, Clash of the Champions was a direct response to the WWF, as Sean was explaining earlier, uh, pretty much sending out NWA's pay-per-view during Survivor Series. Uh, WWF would counter by hosting a closed-circuit viewing of WrestleMania 4 at the Omni in Atlanta, NWA's home turf. Uh, Mike Rotundo on the Clash of the Champions card defeated Jimmy Garvin in a College Rules match to retain the NWA World Television belt. Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors uh, defeated Ivan Koloff and the Powers of Pain in a barbed wire six-man tag team match. That's one to go watch. I've never seen that match. Uh, Barry Windham and Lex Luger defeated Arne Anderson and Tully Blanchard to win the NWA World Tag Team belts. And Ric Flair and Sting fought to a 45-minute time limit draw for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. J.J. Dillon was suspended in a cage above the ring. Gotta love those shark cages. Oh, yes. And J.J. Dillon was actually just recently on... Uh, Judge Steve Harvey suing uh, Kevin Sullivan for about five grand. Mm. It's an interesting episode to watch. Oh, wow. Uh, 23 years ago, March 28th, 1999, WWF, WWF presented WrestleMania 14. Oh, sorry, that's 15, I should say. 15. Yeah, 15. Uh, 12 years ago, uh, March 28, 2010, WWE presented another WrestleMania, this one, number 26. 35 years ago, March 29, 1987, WWE presented WrestleMania 3, and that one was from the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It does not stand anymore. No, it's gone. They, uh, they took that thing down. Too bad the last couple of years of its life was pretty sad. Um, 24 years ago, March 29th, 1998, WWF presented WrestleMania 14. Uh, and the numbers for pay-per-view buys tripled for uh, from WrestleMania 13. This was the beginning of the Attitude Era. Uh, the rendition of American the Beautiful by the DX band would be cut from all commercial releases of the event. As the majority of the crowd and a lot in the rock room did not like the performance, even though Vince McMahon apparently did. Yeah, it wasn't that great. They knew their song to do, which was the DX song. Beyond that, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. 
They tried. Ten years ago, March 29th, 2015, WWE presented WrestleMania 31. This was the highest grossing show in WWE history at the time, generating an estimated $12.6 million in revenue. The record only lasted one year as WrestleMania 32 would beat that number. March 30th, 1991, WWF and Super World of Sports co-presented WrestleFest from the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, between 3,600 and, sorry, 36,000 and 6,400 plus were in attendance. Depending on who you believe, this was the first of four co-promoted events done by the companies. The main event saw the Road Warriors, Animal Warrior and Warrior uh, in Hawk Warrior, uh, defeated Jenneru Tenru and Hulk Hogan by accountant. 19 years ago, March 30th, 2003, WWE presented WrestleMania 19. This mania had the return of Shawn Michaels in a WWE in-ring action and the final match of Steve Austin. Yeah, 19 years have uh, passed, and we might see a match or just a brawl happen on Saturday with Kevin Owens and Steve Austin. My guess is they'll do some, you know, stuff in the ring. Uh, who knows? Yeah, uh, apparently, Steve's gotten himself into good uh, shape and doesn't want to be embarrassed. So if he's willing to do it, I would not doubt him uh, doing more than people expect. I, I think that he'll he'll do fine because again, like well, when they did that one tough enough that he was doing, he did have um, a, a short match with one of the students, and he looked pretty damn good as far as you know. It's just you know, he decided to retire, and I think it was a great choice. And now it's like I see him, you know, not doing a, a, a whole return to the ring because I don't think he needs it. No, but well, this will definitely be uh, testing ground to see if he ends up getting a Saudi show. Oh, yes. Because if he can uh, do anything on Saturday with Kevin, they might uh, be willing to put him in some sort of match in yeah. Saudi Arabia. That's true. Uh, 14 years ago, March 30th, 2008, at Ring of Honor's All-Star Extravaganza 3 in Detroit, the Briscoes defeated uh, Narogi Doi and Shingo to win the ROH World Tag Team Championship. 14 years ago, March 30th, 2008, WWE presented WrestleMania 24. The event returned to an open-air uh, venue since WrestleMania uh, 9 in Las Vegas, and this was Ric Flair's WWE retirement match. 36 uh, years ago, March 31st, 1985, WWE presented a new event, WrestleMania. Vince met the farm on putting on this May event. If it had failed, the WWF might have not survived, at least not on the grand scale that it would become. Yeah, and uh, rumor has it, or, well, it's not necessarily a rumor, rumor. but apparently uh, the name came from Howard Finkel. Yeah, and they were trying to uh, think of what to call it. WrestleMania. Twenty-six years ago, March thirty-first, nineteen ninety-six, they presented another one, number twelve. 
the main event in this one saw the WWF Championship uh, defended in a one-hour Ironman match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Uh, some title changes. 17 years ago, March 29th, 2005, at a SmackDown taping, Paul London lost eliminated Billy Kidman to win an eight-man over-the-top battle royal and the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. The losers were Chavo Guerrero, Fanaki, Nunzio, Spike Dudley, Scotty Duhati, and Ikeo. Two, uh, 23 years ago, March 30th, 1999, at a Raw is War taping, Kane and X-Pop defeated Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett to win the WWF Tag Team Belt. On March 30th, 1999, a couple belts changed hands as the Midnight Express, uh, Bodacious Bart, and Bombastic Bob uh, defeated the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Yeah, that's just kind of crazy. See, uh, Bob, Holly, and uh, Bart Gunn as Bodacious uh, Bob and Bombastic Oh, Bart, whichever I, I'm pretty sure if you were asked Jim Cornette about this, he would be just shaking his head and ready to slit his wrists. No. What he had to do with that. And we got another uh, title change in the tag team division. You, you'd think like that, that not very often did WWF had two tag teams at that time. And here you go. Um, the New Age Outlaws, Billy Gunn and the Road Dog defeated Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie in a steel cage match to win the vacated WWF Tag Team Belts. Kind of weird to do it on the same night. Yeah, but it was the night after WrestleMania and they needed to do mm-hmm. something. And uh, just after that, uh, the New Age Outlaws would officially become members of Degeneration X. Hmm. Beforehand, they were just henchmen. Yes, that is true. March 30th, Trish Trish Stratus beats Victoria for the WWE Women's Championship at WrestleMania 19. And March 30th, 2003, Brock Lesnar wins the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 19 from Kurt Angle. Brock nearly killed himself trying to hit a shooting star press. He landed on his head, spiking himself to the mat. March 30th. And luckily was still able to crawl over and uh, pin Kurt Angle. He was able to take that blow because he's got a lot of muscle and tone and his body was able to absorb that. I'm sure he, he'll he feel that, I'm sure, when he's older. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he used to be able to do it in OVW, so they thought, let's do it now. And he took their advice and... That was ill-advised because by the time he was who he is at that point, he didn't need to do something like that. He was a big guy that just needed to do big guy things. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I agree with doing the move, but that's where, honestly, they should have, he should have done the practice. They should have put a big-ass mat in the middle of that ring and him do it because rings are different. WWF, I think, still uses the same damn robes, which is the uh, um, actual the, rope and tape. Yeah, the hair, the the rope. Uh, I don't know if it's horse hair or what fucking it is, but um, that type of rope versus you know others that use the cable. So I'm sure the cable. 
would, I would imagine the cable gets more bounce, but. And probably uh, the fact that it was the last match of the night, mm. outdoor arena. Uh, oh, no. Uh, well, that was in Seattle. It wasn't necessarily outdoor, but it was a baseball stadium. Mm. And just the fact that it was WrestleMania and the main event, a lot of factors going into the lack of getting out there far enough or even slipping off the uh, turnbuckle. Yeah. Anyways, thankfully, he survived that. Uh, March 30th, 2008, Kane defeated Chavo Guerrero in 11 seconds for the ECW Championship. Kane had won a battle royal on the kickoff show to WrestleMania 24 earlier in the day. Also on that same WrestleMania, Undertaker defeated Edge in the main event uh, to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Twelve years ago, March 30th, 2010, at a SmackDown taping in Las Vegas, Jack Swagger uh, cashes in the Money in the Bank and defeated Chris Jericho to win the World Heavyweight Championship. The title change came just two days after Swagger won the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 26. It's good to see Jericho doesn't hold him uh, any yeah, ill will and allows him to be in the... Uh, well, it was the Inner Circle, and now it's the Jericho Appreciation Society. Mm. Nice. 33 years ago, March 31st, 1989, in Atlanta, Sting defeated Mike Rotunda to win the NWA World Television Championship and $10,000. 28 years ago, March 31st, 1994, in Sheffield, England, the Quebecers defeated Men on a Mission and regained the WWF Tag Team Championship after losing them two days earlier. March 31st, 2003, Kane and Rob Van Dam defeated Lance Storm and Chief Morley and the Dudley Boys in a three-team elimination match to win the World Tag Team Belt. On March 31st, 1985, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov beat the U.S. Express for the WWF Tag Team Championships at the first WrestleMania. And uh, on March 31st, 1996, the Body Donnas win the vacated WWF Tag Team Championships in the tournament finals against the Godwins on the pre-show of WrestleMania 12. And on that same card, Shawn Michaels beat Bret Hart for his first WWF Championship after overtime in a one-hour Ironman match in the main event of WrestleMania 12. The boyhood dream has come true. Wow, you sounded just like the recording. Yeah, and well, uh, also with that whole thing, people remember Shawn coming in on the uh, zip line for that uh, mm -hmm. match. And one of the first times having a big sort of entrance, uh, there hadn't been few and far between, a lot more in the stadium uh, era, uh, people getting big entrances. But Sean doing that zip line was actually tested by Vince McMahon earlier in the day to show him how to do it. So they, if the boss is willing to do it, you might as well get out there and do it. And I think that's what a lot of people have uh, basically said uh, in the, past that, you know, if Vince is willing to do it, so am I. Uh, Eric Bischoff uh, has said that with some of the things that he was asked to do, uh, some of the craziness while he was in WWE as a GM. And people would think, why are you doing this? But 
Vince would do it. So, so am I, is his response. Imagine if he would have done the uh, Blue Blazer one. Well, maybe it would have not uh, hooked like it did. Um, mind you, the, the it was the that company that um, uh, provided that mechanism that was sued, and the WWF did eventually win that lawsuit. So it wasn't the WWF's fault. Uh, birthdays, March 29th, Michael P.S. Hayes turned 63, or sorry, turned 63. Oh, I'm going to knock on some wood here. Uh, March, do, sorry. Do, do, do. <laughs> if you're a fan uh, of, uh, something to wrestle with, you know what the do, do, do means. Oh, okay. I don't. It's sort of the, uh, sound that, well, Bruce Pritchard makes it, uh, to reference, uh, when he, uh, does his imitations of. Uh, Michael Hayes, but he likens it to the fact that um, if you were to have a sound for Michael Hayes' walk and talk, it'd be like, (laughs) I got an idea. Let's do this. Yeah, I can kind of see that actually with his walk. Uh, March 30th, Zach Gowan turns 39. And Zach Gowan, is that the one-legged wrestler? It is. All right. And March 30th, also, Trent Barretta, or Barrett, Barretta, I guess it's Barretta. Uh, Barretta. All right, turns 35. And also on the 30th, Sadie Gibbs turns 30. Also, Mike Rotunda, IRS, of course, turns 64. And he is the superstar spotlight. Lawrence Michael Rotunda, born March 30th, 1958, is an American retired professional wrestler. He is best known for his appearances with the World Wrestling Federation and World Championship Wrestling in 1980 and the 90s under the ring names Michael Rotunda or Mike Rotundo. Uh, Michael Wall Street and IRS uh, Scheister and BK Wall Street. Over the course of his career, Rotunda held championships, including the NWA World Tag Team Championship, NWA World Television Championship, and the WWF World Tag Team Championship. Rotunda worked in the WWF with Barry Windham, his brother-in-law, as the U.S. Express and uh, uh, were two-time tag team champions. They would leave and work in the NAWA very briefly before going off to work for Jim Crockett Promotions and in the NWA. Rotunda was with the Varsity Club and the York Foundation. Eventually, he would return to the WWF as a cartoonish character in Aaron R. Scheister. After mid-card singles run, Scheister would begin teaming with Ted DiBiase as Money, Inc., managed by Jimmy Hart. As a team, they went on to win the WWF Tag Team Championships three times. Uh, after DiBiase retired, a Scheister was a part of the Million Dollar Corporation being managed by Ted DiBiase. Rotunda uh, would leave the WWF in 95 to play the character VK Wall Street, a continuation of the IRS character, but being paid probably twice, if not three times as much but also mocking Vince McMahon. Wall Street joined the NWO as one of the many mid-card jobbers for the faction. After that faded out, Rotunda made his way to Japan to work at New Japan and All Japan. 
Since then, he made appearances on special episodes of Raw and SmackDown and worked as an agent for many years. And his sons, Taylor and Wyndham, uh, make their way uh, to work in the WWE as Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, so this is another guy, yeah, just like Umaga, with a huge uh, family uh, connection. Uh, as it says on the slide that's uh, visual for people, his father-in-law was Blackjack Mulligan. His brother-in-laws are Kendall and Barry Wyndham, who we, uh, we mentioned that he teamed up with Barry in tag team uh, action. His children, Mika, I believe is training for wrestling, and that's his daughter. And we have Bo, which is Taylor, and Bray, which is Wyndham, who uh, had success in WWE uh, and NXT over the years. Who knows where uh, their future lies since they've been uh, released from WWE, but you never know what's going to happen beyond that. Uh, So, yeah, he just recently got also inducted into the George Talos Luthes Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame this year and had been ranked number 26 in the PWA 500 in 1994 for his character, Urban R. Scheister. Excellent. And we're going to end this week off with some sadness. Sorry. Uh, The deaths. Nine years ago, March 29th, 2013, Richard Reed Flair was found dead in a hotel room in his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. He was only 25. Uh, Born February 26, 1988 in Charlotte, North Carolina, Reed was the youngest of the four siblings. Uh, Reed himself was an accomplished amateur wrestler, having won the AAU National Wrestling Tournament 98 in his age group. Uh, at an age of ten and a half, he would wrestle, pardon me, in WCW, teaming with his father Rick Flair in a losing effort against David Flair and Vince Russo. On March 29, thousand and thirteen, Reed was found dead in his bed at a residence inn. He had died from an accidental overdose of heroin and traces of prescription drugs. Reed had previous overdoses. Yeah, and uh, he's the reason why um, Charlotte wrestles. Uh, It was his dream. It wasn't Ashley's dream to uh, do wrestling. She was a volleyball star and stuff like that. But because of how close she was with uh, Reed, because I believe Reed and Ashley or Charlotte have the same mother. Mm. All right. So they were close as siblings as opposed to like Megan and who was married to Conrad Thompson and uh, David, they had the same mother. So they were kind of different uh, groups there, almost like how Dustin and uh, Cody are for the Rhodes family. But because how close Ashley was with Reed, she picked up his dream, and we've seen how successful Charlotte Flair has been over the years, from being in NXT to main eventing, or possibly main eventing, on uh, Saturday against uh, Ronda Rousey. Mm, Uh, And our last one here, six years ago, March 31st, 2016, uh, uh, Christopher Darren Travis, a.k.a. Chris Travis, died of stomach cancer. He was only 32. Uh, He... he, um, I'm trying to shorten it down, but... I'm not having any luck with that. So, yeah, he wrestled all over the place, and he did, uh, including Europe uh, mostly. 
uh, just the IWC uh, World Heavyweight Championship. But September 21st, 2015, uh, after the announcement of his uh, cancer, he uh, returned uh, that he retired from wrestling and unfortunately died March 31st, 2016 at the age of 32. And thank God that's over. I mean, not him. I mean, that's awful. Oh, put my yeah. foot in my mouth. Anyways, that was my attempt at humor. Um, it's been an awful a week for me reading this stuff. Uh, oh, wow. Anyways, this week in wrestling history, of course, was compiled from the Vaslana Google, Wikipedia, CapesideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And a big thank you to our sponsor, CoolBet. As always, CoolBet.com and sportsbook betting and casino games. Stay cool and bet responsibly. And as always, thanks to everyone that listens and to our genres listeners. Yep, uh, we encourage everybody who listens uh, to our shows to uh, join us uh, this weekend, part of the uh, Scumbags Predictions League. Yeah, you uh, just tell us who's going to win. We got a couple bonus questions uh, going on there um, about you know who's going to be uh, Seth Rollins' opponent. Will it be Shane, Cody, or somebody else? Will Steve Austin and uh, Kevin Owens be a match or a brawl? You know, pick up some extra points that way. Earned enough points to win our title at the end of the year. The new season actually starts this Saturday at noon with NXT Stand and Deliver. It's a triple shot. All the details you can find over at our website, scumbagswrestling.ca. And as I said at the beginning, we have the finals of the March Madness Tournament. Decide who's going from the final four to the final two. And also decide who is the actual winner. Uh, go over to our Facebook page, vote daily. It's all going to be wrapped up this weekend with our new winner, joining two-time winner Tyson Dukes and Scumbag Yates. So it's either going to be Brian White, Jesse uh, Mack, Warhead, or Wade Allen. Get your votes in. Thank you for joining us. Stitcher, Spotify, Art Radio, share it wherever you get it. And, of course, visually, Rumble, YouTube, and Facebook. We will be back later on tomorrow, I believe, with our predictions for this weekend. Don't miss it. And thank you until we see you again. Ciao.